Good morning, ladies. Welcome to the sanctuary. It's going to be a fantastic morning here today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I know you're going to get seated, put your feet up, get yourself a cup of coffee, glass of wine. <laughs> We're all going to have fun today, okay? Um, here with me today are Christina and Carissa and the beautiful Jean, who's going to be our keynote speaker for today. Um, I just want to, to, you know, share with you uh, what's been going on here lately because uh, it, it hasn't been a very easy few weeks leading up to the sanctuary, right, Christina? We, we've been going through a bunch of attacks here. <laughs> it's, it's been really crazy. Yes. Christina, yeah, but, I mean, the fact I can even see you right now between, you know, ripped eyeballs and strained light, it, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy all the attacks we're experiencing. I'm sure, John, you mentioned it too, that you, you know, the warfare, it's, it's real before we go out and do something like this. It is. Yeah. My husband's upstairs locked in the bedroom with a bad case of COVID. So we've had a, <laughs> so we've had, we've had a lot happening here too, but you know, when you rile the enemy up, you know, that you're onto something good. Absolutely. Yeah. With us, it's just a myriad of things. I don't even know where to start. It's everything from family, from work, just it's been crazy. It's been nonstop. And by the way, before we, we continue, ladies, I want to make sure that you uh, turn on your chat and enter your names. All right. We're, uh, you know, this is going to be recorded, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. You if you don't mind, I would love to um, just add something there. Yeah, um, sure. We're so excited to have so many beautiful women join us, right? But this can be scary. I mean, people are coming. Some people have just found out that their husband cheated on them. Some of them have been in the storm for what seems like forever. So our emotions can just be all over the place. I mean, you could feel at one time both anxious and excited. I mean, women can do that. We can experience just a plethora of emotions. So I thought it would be fun if everyone just signed in with their first name. And even if you've already signed in, do this too as you, as you move forward. Sign in again and just share two feeling words that you have. Like you might be feeling uh, apprehensive and nauseous or happy and exhausted, whatever those feeling words are. And that way we can just have, we can pray over you while this, this is going on. So as you check in, just write your name and two feeling words. We'd love to hear from you. And like Tiana said, this is being recorded. And so um, your name will not appear in the chat. The chat does not show when we record, but if you want your name, um, when you do pose a question to not appear, if you want to change it, but, um, just go ahead and go up to um, attendees, find your name and click on your name, and then you can switch it to whatever you want it to be, just so you feel safe. So feel free to use the Q, uh, Q or I'm sorry, the chat there, but we also have a Q&A at the bottom and Chris and I are going to be monitoring that. So if you, that's something like um, the chat, everyone's going to see. Every single woman that comes in is going to see what you're posting in the chat. But the Q&A is more private. That's questions that you might not want on the chat. And Chris and I will be fielding those. And if we don't get to them and answer them now, don't worry. We're keeping a log of them and we will email you and get back to them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's lots to talk about today. Um, but the main focus of today is on trauma. And this is something that we all have in common here, ladies. Everyone here has experienced trauma, whether it's big, small, medium, bad, ugly. 
you know, um, it, it's, it's a universal human experience. And I know that trauma is an infinitely hefty subject, so we're not going to cover it, of course, uh, in, in total depth here. But um, I want to focus this meeting on an aspect of trauma that I believe we all need to hear, and that's the other side of trauma, which is God's restorative irony. I'm going to mention that again, God's restorative irony, because at the end of trauma, is all things new. This is really what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to be destroyed by our pain, but to profit from it. And, and Jean here today is going to share a powerful story from her own personal journey, which has really, I mean, God's fingerprints have been all over our friendship, our knowing each other, our working together, and you're going to get to hear all about this. Um, but one of the reasons that Jean is here is because we worked with her in Ireland. We filmed a feature film with her uh, right before COVID, and, uh, and, and the film is called From the Ashes. This film was written for you ladies. Um, I had my own trauma journey as based on, you know, betrayal trauma. and. And God used my pain to help others profit from it. Um, and I'll share more with you later on what that movie is about. Um, but uh, in, in a nutshell, um, this is a prison story, a really, really cool prison story with women in it. And it's got a very strong lead uh, female character called Emma, which Jean played. And, uh, and, and Jean, as you can see here, is, is uh, she's very beautiful. But she managed to really portray Emma. Yeah, you are, girl. <laughs> she managed to portray Emma as a, a very delicate, authentic, real person. I don't know how someone so beautiful could play this part because this woman was completely destroyed within this prison and, and you, you, you brought her to life. You know, it, it, it's amazing. Um, Anyway, all the way from South Africa, welcome, Jean. How are you? Thank you. Mwah. Thank you, ladies, for having me here. Um, oh, I have said this to Chris and Tiana before. This is this is not a British accent or an Australian accent. It's it's South African. It probably sounds a, a lot like those two, but it's not. So right now it's five o'clock. The sun's starting to set, and it's summer, and it's very different from where most of you are. But uh, just to the three of you, thank you for this opportunity to join join the sanctuary and um, you know Tiana you were saying you know here's Jean and she looks so lovely and, and it's true I look lovely <laughs> but the fact is that um you know I'm I'm coming to you because I have this incredible relationship with Tiana and Carissa and we've been on a journey but I'm also sitting here today because I have had abuse in my life and trauma um and so we I'm part of the sisterhood in my own right uh, and I'm just here to share my part of the story. We all have our own parts of the story. Um, and it was actually incredible what you said, Tiana, because I prayed with two of my friends, my sisters, before we went on. And they both had this really deep sense that what's on God's heart this evening is hope. That they're, I don't know who you ladies are. I can't see you. I've seen some of your adjectives and feeling words coming up. Um, I wish we could all be together. But I know none, nobody signed in because they're in an amazing space and they're whole. We signed in because we're broken and some people are really drowning. But I want you to know that there's such a sense from God wanting to say there's hope, not only hope, but life and restoration and blessing coming wherever you are right now. 
it's not the end. You're in a journey. And there's something about this evening that's meant to be a deposit of hope and life. And so I just want to pause for a second and say, Holy Spirit, we just, we give you every single woman here. And if there's anybody that's meant to be logged on that isn't, then we ask you to call them and bring them into this moment. And we ask that you would bring to life um, hope in all these hearts and an understanding of your hand and the beauty that you are going to bring out of every, every heart that is, is logged in this evening. So in Jesus' name, thank you. And thank you for having me here, ladies. Oh, thank you, Jean. Thank you. And thank you for inviting the Holy Spirit here because we can't do this without him. We can't go through our journeys without Christ. You know, it's got to start at the cross. So I love that. And uh, and just I just want to let you know, ladies, that Jean, what, uh, what I really love about her is her spiritual maturity. I... I saw, I mean, she is immensely talented. If you see this woman on set, you'd be amazed at her, at her talent. She's, she's incredible. Um, but what, I, what really connected me with Jean was her genuine love for Jesus. And, and it, it just shows in all her interactions with people and the way she talks and treats people. And it, it's, it's just so wonderful, Jean. Uh, can you mention a few of the movies that you worked on before working with us? Like some of the big ones? And you don't have to go into detail, but just mention a few. Do any other movies count in Light of From the Ashes? It's my on, question girl. to you. No, it's okay. Um, now, I've worked with some, um, you know, fun people like Meg Ryan and, and Jude Law and a bunch of folk. I've, those are great fun things, but I've also done a deeply meaningful project. My first film was something called Fate Like Potatoes and the Heart of Christmas. And I've done this um, kind of wide range of television and film work that's covered very, very different topics. But for me, the, the, the most meaningful work has been stuff that is, is there because it's really meant in, as a tool whether it's Christian or not, but as a tool to bring, to yeah. make people's lives better. I mean, because I mean, I've done comedies where it's an hour and a half of nonsense and it's levity and it's all good. But um, I must say the projects that have meant most to me have been the ones that, that are, are there to serve a purpose. And obviously From the Ashes is one of those. Yay, she loves her movie the best. <laughs> I have to say that because else they're going to fire me. Fire <laughs> <Are> you. <laughs> I want to bring you over here, girl. <laughs> Good job, good job. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love you, Sean. I mean, uh, um, hey, and besides, right? <laughs> yeah, Sean is amazing. She's one of the most sincere, humble, kind-hearted. It, you know, when you just meet someone and you have that instant connection, that's how I, she's one of my most favorite people. I just love her dearly. Yep. Trying oh, to find a way to get her here. <laughs> We love you, John. <laughs> so, John, okay, I'm, hey, you're, you're going to get red in the face here as we continue. I am. We just, you know, this is how we are around here, okay? The sisterhood here. We just praise each other. We encourage each other. And that's what we ought to be with one another here, ladies. We're supposed to really right. love on each other, right? Uh, no competition, none of that. It's all about Jesus and it's all about others. So, Jean is a wonderful wife and mother of two beautiful girls. And you're also an advocate for sex trafficked girls. So, Besides doing all this acting and stuff like that, you actually wear a cape at night and you rescue. You're out on a rescue mission. So she, there's a lot to love about her and, and she's, oh, she's a hoot, she's funny. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, we, we have something called a protea sisterhood and you're gonna learn more about that in a bit, but hold on to that word protea because Jean is gonna um, really get into that. Um, 
Um, but uh, Carissa, before we continue, do you have anything you wanted to share today? Because I know the Lord has put something in your heart that he, he wants you to share. Yeah, well, I, you know, I wasn't really sure about the direction that you always say, like, okay, well, if you got some share, I'm like, okay, Lord, just get me out of the way, whatever you want to talk about. And, and, you know, just real quick, I, I grabbed some of my, my books and to see what notes I had made about trauma. And like, is there anything that I can share? Cause I want to walk away with a tool that I can give to someone that right now, you know, I'm looking at some of these women, they're like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, desperate. And I'm like, I, I want you to walk away with something. And John's going to give you so many encouraging words and, and she's going to inspire you. Um, but I also want to inspire you with, with uh, one tidbit of information that it's science complementing the word of God, the word of God complementing science. And, you know, we, and I don't want to go too far into this because Christine is going to share a lot in the future, but, you know, when we study cellular biology and not me, I'm not smart enough to study cellular biology. I have to read. Um, That's why I got on the note. Um, But, you know, there's things like, you know, gene expression and regulation and, and all these different things that they're discovering. And it's, it's complementing what the word of God says. And, you know, the one thing that I want women to walk away with today is to remember that trauma is, is forever there. It's always present. And we don't replace, um, those, those negative memories. They stay in us. They stay at a cellular level level, but we, what we can do is replace them with new positive memories. And that is, it kind of works on like a sliding scale of priorities is and when you're, you're not focused on that, those negative memories, you're replacing them with the positive. And so, um, I just wanted to share a, a scripture with you uh, that kind of complements that. And it's in Philippians 4, 8. And it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So today, ladies, if I don't get a chance to encourage you again, I just want you to remember that um, despite of where you are in your journey, what's going on, God has an answer. God has a solution and he's the master architect and he's given us everything, the blueprint, um, to help us heal. And one of those is by thinking on things that are pure and, and holy and, and just, and, uh, we can expect our healing to come. Amen. Amen. I I love that. And, you know, it's interesting because when when I went through my betrayal and and I had to heal from it, a lot of what I was going through was very disease conscious. It was very much on, hey, here's a problem. Here's a problem. Hey, go back to your past. Keep going back to your past. And and here we're doing a little different. We're looking at the destiny. We want to be destiny focused ladies, because even though this is your present situation, you won't be here forever. You won't. Jesus is carrying you out of this. But while you're in the fire, stay in the fire with Jesus because he is in there with you. Now, trauma is really important to talk about. And, and um, I, it's normal. Everyone in this world has experienced trauma one way or another. Okay, we, we are traumatized. We are wounded by the fall, by the sins of others and by our own sins. Okay. And, uh, and that's important to keep in mind because we live in a very, very broken world. I mean, look at some of these statistics, okay? Um, one in five girls in the United States is a victim of sexual abuse. One in five girls. 76 million Americans, that's 43% of Americans have been exposed to alcoholism in the family. One in three women, one in three women experience domestic violence. This is not just a secular world. This includes the Christian community 
ladies, okay? We're all really broken. There's so many messed up people out there. The world is messed up. So if you've been betrayed or something else has happened to you, you're in this fallen world. You're in this broken world. Welcome to earth. But Christ has overcome it. And you're gonna learn how to find your joy in Christ as you go through your trauma, okay? Um, so I wanna talk a little bit about, um, you're talking about, Carissa, that how you have to replace trauma. It's really important to understand why you've gotta replace it because trauma stays lodged in your cells. It gets stuck in your brain, in your, in your brain cells, and also in your body. So it's in a very, very deep cellular uh, level that trauma gets locked in there, okay? And this is really important to understand because if you've been traumatized when you were a child, which many of us have, um, a lot of times we survive that. We learn to survive the trauma of abuse, of whatever it is, chronic trauma, your parents fighting for like years and years and years, that's traumatic as well, uh, whatever it is. Um, um, you, you learn to survive that. So here's an example. You, there's a little girl who gets um, sexually assaulted as a child. That's very traumatic to her. The brain simply cannot survive that or, or, or bear that. So it pushes it out. It tries to move away from the pain. It forces you to move away from the pain because you cannot function in real life. You can't be present with that kind of pain. So what the brain does is it, it helps you survive. So you you try to push it away, push it down as far as possible, so some of those memories get forgotten. You might even have memory blocks, depending on the, uh, the level of trauma that you experience as a child. And here's how God really uses the pain of our past to bless us. Because let's say this little girl was, was abused, and she learned to survive that. She grows up to be a very successful lawyer, but then she marries a guy who betrays her. Boom! That right there is a straw that breaks the camel's back. And, and now she's losing it. She's the shell of herself. And that's because the trauma from the present triggered something from the past. That happened to me, okay? I, God used the trauma from betrayal to help me, to help me deal with the trauma from my childhood. Because otherwise, um, that pain would have stayed dormant. And God used a crisis in my life to bring immense healing throughout my entire life and, and the ministry that he's given me. So I wanna encourage you because God is into the business of restorative irony. Um, restorative irony begins in a place of death. And John, you're gonna talk about that because God gave you a flower to help you understand his beautiful restorative ironies. I wanna give you the floor, <laughs> tell us your story. Thank you so much, Tiana. Um, so Tiana and Carissa and Christina gave me this, invited me to come and share my Protea journey. And I know Tiana's mentioned that word before, that name. Um, it's essentially beauty from ashes. You know, you've got Romans. Well, no, the, the beauty from ashes is Isaiah, I think. But Romans 8.28 speaks about God using all things for good, for those who love him. So it's essentially that story of God bringing beauty and life um, and meaning and blessing out of these seasons of trauma that we go through. Uh, all these moments of devastation that we experience. And he, it's a promise. I love it in the Amplified. It says, God who cares for us deeply will bring good out of, out of all these things. Um, and for those of you who don't know, we have a flower here in South Africa, and particularly where I live in, in Cape Town, uh, called the Protea. And the remarkable thing about this flower, I'm try, I can't not smile when I talk about it, um, is that 
it's instead of being killed by the fires that burn through the felt here in the Cape, it's the fires themselves and the smoke and the ash that cause this flower to come to life. It is literally beauty from ashes. And it is an incredible and a powerful analogy for God doing these, this in our lives. And I want you to know, I've also been seeing these, these words pop up about people feeling lonely or desperate or devastated. And I want you to know all these things that you're feeling right now, whether it's from far in the past or very much the present, God can and will use, will work in all these things that you're facing and you're experiencing to bring life and beauty and blessing. It is a fact. It's not something hopeful. I know, Tiana, you have spoken about uh, profiting from our pain. And again, I just want to land on that. This isn't a hopeful power mantra that we as Christians want to hang on to. We're standing on the word when we say that because he says, I will bring blessing out of these things. I will give you a crown of beauty for ashes. So for me, God really brought this to life in, in my life in 2018. Um, I just had my second little girl. And about four months in, I started feeling what I now understand to be anxiety and depression. And it was one particular day where there's this deep feeling of, of anguish and panic started becoming overwhelming. And I could feel that I was, I was losing control and I was starting to drown in it. And it was incredibly frightening. And I cried out to God. I remember sitting on the couch and just going like, oh, God, please help me. And he very clearly said to me, I'm going to take you on a protea journey. That's a protea, by the way. Ooh. No. <laughs> I'm going to take you on a protea journey. You're going to go through a fire, but I will get you through it, and I'm going to bring life out of it, which was amazing. He spoke straight to my spirit. That morning, two of my friends happened to arrive at my front door at separate times. They didn't even know each other, each carrying a huge bouquet of proteas with the sense of God having said to them, um, I want you to go to Jeanne and tell her that she's going to be okay and I'm going to bring good out of this, which was beautiful. And my husband took these proteas and put them in a big glass vase and there on my table was a big glass vase full of proteas, not too unlike that. And um, that day I kept spiraling. It got worse and worse, more and more desperate, and I really felt prompted to go and pray with my sister and her husband. Um, I couldn't tell them anything about what God had said to me at this point. I was, I was so broken that I literally just lay in a ball and cried on the bed. Whenever I speak about that, it's so hard. Um, I just wept. And I remember feeling the sense of, I, I can't do this. I don't know if any of you ladies have had anxiety or depression, but sometimes the feelings of, of anguish and panic are so overwhelming. You actually go, I don't know if I could, I can do this. It's such an overwhelming horrifying feeling um and they prayed for me and then my brother-in-law who's a just a, an amazingly prophetic guy a beautiful person said to me um new which is my nickname he said new before you arrived i was praying for you and i felt god give me a very clear picture and a word for you and he's very humble and he said i don't know if this is going to make sense to you but i'm going to give it to you anyway he said i saw a big glass vase full of prettiers and he had no way of knowing it's so a big glass vase full of tears and God wants you to know that you're going to go through a fire that he's going to get you through and he's going to bring goodness out of it which was just beautiful um but unfortunately having revelational knowledge about the flames doesn't stop them from burning and <laughs> oh Jesus come now um 
And what followed was four months of what felt like a living nightmare for me. It was second, every second of every day, I lived in a state of, uh, the emotions I felt was utter anguish and incredible sense of panic, which was just the chemicals going through my body. But I remember going like second to second, I didn't know how I would be able to go through the next second. So again, I want to say to you sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I can talk and I'm smiling and I'm laughing and it's all wonderful. But I've been in a place where I couldn't, I could, I couldn't pull myself together. I was utterly broken. And I remember standing with my twin sister who's had her own journey. And I, I would literally stand there like forehead to forehead and she'd look at my eyes and she would go, you're going to be okay. God's got you. You're going to be okay. And I remember li literally breathing her words in like oxygen because I, I couldn't breathe those in for myself. Um, I think one of the worst parts about that time was uh, being isolated, not physically, but being with my loved ones, my babies, my husband, my family, my friends, but being totally separate from them because I once described it as like a living nightmare. Like I was right there, but I, I couldn't reach them and they couldn't reach me. I was like in an invisible torture chamber of anguish and, and, and panic. And that was as an incredibly relational per person that was incredibly traumatic for me. Uh, oh goodness, girls, um, my hair thinned. I got psoriasis all over my body. My skin broke out in psoriasis. I wasn't sleeping. And I, I lost all sense of who I was as a person. Um, I would say that not my outer person, my outer person looked pretty normal, but on the inside, um, everything about myself, who I was, who I believed myself to be, my sense of myself and God, because I lost who I was as a person, my sense of myself as a woman, mm. as a mother, as a sister, as a wife, everything disintegrated. And I, everything about me was quite literally turned to ash. I was totally broken. But an incredibly powerful part of this journey is at some point, God started saying to me, who do you know yourself to be? And who do you know me to be? And, and I want you to take note of this. He didn't say that when I started feeling better. It was in the midst of the space where all I could feel was the flames and all I could see were the flames. And he started saying, who are you and who am I? Wow. And I remember sitting there and I would literally, I, could, I couldn't really think. And if those of you who've had anxiety, I, it was difficult for me to even think in straight lines because yeah. there's so much cortisol and adrenaline going around in your head. But I remember reaching out and going, what do I remember God saying? I, who do I remember God saying I am? And who do I remember him saying who he is? And what was so profound about that is what I started pressing into didn't come from what other people said, what I felt, what I saw around me, nothing. It came from pure decision to believe and confess and faith. And wow. what was happening was my, the roots of my identity were going down into a bedrock of absolutely incorruptible faith wow. and rock solid identity. So I came out the other end of the season with a foundation that God can build anything on. And I'm not saying I'm a rock star and I'm not saying I went to difficult times ahead, but that season of identity galvanizing was profound because I can feel I'm different. 
I can feel that before my identity had to a certain degree been bolstered by a happy disposition and a wonderful faith life and a nice, I'm a nice person, but all that stuff was burnt away. So yeah. I walked out with an, a, a rock solid foundation. Some other, other things I turned around and I realized that God had germinated the most profound and powerful things in my life. This is once I'd come through and I, and I look back and one of those is during that time, he prepared me for kingdom opportunities that I would not have been equipped or shaped for hmm. if I hadn't walked through what I walked through. And one of those is this project with Carissa and Tiana and Jeremy. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been shaped for this role. I wouldn't have been prepared for it. Another profound <laughs> thing for me. Yes. Sorry. No, Am I oh, you, no, no, no. Because like, I, I just wanted to latch on to what you were saying there because yes. we, on the other hand, were praying for the right actress. We just didn't want a random actress to play Emma because we wanted her to really connect with those women that we were trying to help. So it's so amazing how your story matched exactly what we needed for this character. I mean, we couldn't have picked a perfect, a more better actress for this for this role. Um, but Jean, before um, you continue, I, I know mm. this might sound silly, I must have missed it, but what triggered the, uh, the internal crisis? What, 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 what was it exactly that, that took you there? That well, you, you know what, state? it's, I, what I can say is I'm, I've always had a very healthy mental, emotional life. Um, and I think it was just postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm. I yes. don't, I don't think that there was uh, any, there wasn't a, a trauma that happened to unlock that. It's, some women just yeah. go through postpartum depression. Sure. But, but when you go through this type of thing, uh, the weaknesses in your foundation, your identity and all of that stuff are uncovered. And, and this is something I haven't shared with any of you ladies, Christina, Tiana and Carissa, but um, I'm actually after that. Now this is like 2022 couple of years after 2018 I won't do the math because I'm an actress and I don't have to um, <laughs> oh yes. um uh I it's because of that there's an amazing thing when proteas one of the, the the analogy the analogy points of of proteas being germinated through fire is that uh it causes disturbance and disturbance evokes germination yeah. and what it's done is that even though yeah, 2018 is behind me and I've learned all this beautiful stuff and it's amazing, it's profound. It's, it's also uncovered. I had a wonderful dad, but he was incredibly, incredibly um, dominating and frightening and in that sense, emotionally abusive. And I have really, really deep-seated issues and mm. vulnerabilities and insecurities and stuff. And, and it's, it's now four years later but that blessing of things being uncovered <clears throat> yeah. and things having shifted so that I can get to them continues. And so this profound journey hasn't ended. It didn't end in 2018. It has begun something that I literally, you know what the Bible speaks about going from glory to glory to glory yes. and brighter and brighter and brighter and strength and strength and strength. So for all of us sitting here, wherever we're at now, tomorrow, the next day, next year, a couple of years time is brighter, is stronger, is better. Sorry, I need to be looking at the camera. As an actor, I shouldn't because it's brighter and stronger. And turn better. on the actor. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes. No, but what <laughs> blows my mind, Sean, I, I just, I can't get over the fact that 
you didn't know you were going to be going into the storm. Like many of the women here, we got just sideswiped and you didn't see this coming. Yet God put people in place ahead of time to set you up. I mean, with the flowers being dropped at your door, the, you know, the, the whisper and the voice from God placed on your heart, he was there the whole time. Yeah. He was there the whole time and he didn't leave you alone in that. And so I just wonder how many times is, does our pain blind us mm-hmm. from being able to see who God has placed in our life to help us through our own storm? Because ladies, you can't do this alone. You cannot do this alone. I'm not saying go out and share the details of your fear with every single person that, you know, the bad boy down to the, you know, per, the person doing your pedicure and manicure. Uh, but by all means, who has God placed in your life? Because you need to have someone to walk beside you. And I can't imagine you getting through that sanctification journey, John, without those beautiful people God placed in your life ahead of time. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I'm not going to spend the time unpacking the, the sisters, the, the amount of sisters that I and I, I would love to list them. But I every step of the journey, how I got through this was Jesus and the Holy Spirit working through sisters in my life my literal sister and my friend sisters. Um, and then also the Pratia emblem, you know, there was, I can't, there are so many moments where he just kept bringing that in. Um, I think that's something that's so great, Christina, is for us to all, like, God's going to encourage you and he's going to support you and to, to ask him to open. We always need to keep our eyes and our hearts open to see where is God bringing that support in. And even if it's hard to open, sometimes for some of us, when we are facing trauma, the, um, the natural response is to withdraw, um, is to, mm-hmm. to ask God for the grace to press into the relationships that he's given you because you can't do this alone. Absolutely not. You cannot. And I learned that too, because you're right, Jean. It's, you just have this feeling of wanting to isolate when you're going through trauma, when you're going through pain. It's actually painful to be around people. Uh, and, and even when you're around your children, you just can't be present. You can't just enjoy them and soak them. And that is the most painful thing. That was one thing I actually had to grieve about as I was trying to heal, was I couldn't be present when my children were really, really little. There were times when my brain was just so whacked out of proportion from whatever was going on. Uh, and and I, I just couldn't soak them up as I should have. And I actually, there are memories that, are, that I don't have. I, I don't know why, but it's like, you asked me, about a certain situation from long ago. And I, I'll be like, I, I don't remember that, but that's interesting. I see a picture of it, but I don't remember being there. It's weird, you know, what, what trauma does to you. You're just not able to be in the present. You are stuck in the past. You are frozen in time until God uses fire, you know, like the Pratia to, to help you grow out of it. Because a Pratia really, I mean, the shell's pretty hard on those things, aren't they? They stay dormant yeah. under the ground and their shell's really, really tough, right, John? Yeah, there's something called, I love this, when I came across it in my research, it's called heat shock, which is so apt. And it's it's the extreme heat that that breaks the shell open. And once the, the seed's broken open, then nutrients right. like, and this is so bad, water, light and oxygen can get in. But it's the heat shock that cracks that open. And so often these traumas that we experience actually serve to open our hearts. So that, and it's painful. If you think about it, there's a ripping of a membrane, a cracking open. None of those are easy words. 
but it's so that the water, light, and oxygen of his word, his love, his presence, and his restorative power of the cross and the blood of Jesus can get in. And what happens? Life grows from it. Yeah. Life grows from it. And guess what? It's not just that plant. What does that plant do? That protea produces seeds and creates more life. Yep. It's profound. None of we are not only being restored, but we're being restored. And then God will use us to bring life and blessing to people around us. I love that so much, Jean. I mean, I got so excited. I jumped from my seat because um, um, the Lord, this is in, in our series. We have From the Ashes, the movie, and From the Ashes, the teaching series. And ladies, that is for you as well, because this is a, a video series on, on uh, to heal from betrayal. So one of the lessons that the Lord showed me uh, for, for the video series was um, ashes, okay? Like God is the God of what is left in your life. Because sometimes when you go through trauma and, and a crisis of some sort, you feel like you have nothing left. Everything has been taken from you. You know, there are women here sitting with us who probably have lost so much in the fire of betrayal, who've lost so much in whatever they've been through, you know, addictions, whatever. Um, but God is the God of what is left. And if you look in the Bible in the Old Testament, Here's what's really powerful. Moses and Aaron, you know, during the plagues in Egypt, um, God tells Moses, or maybe Aaron, uh, no, Moses, give me your ashes. Give me your ashes. So Moses takes the ashes, and God tells him, throw it in the air. He throws it in the air, and guess what happens to the ashes? They turn into fleas or lice, and they attack the Egyptians. God can use the ashes, what's left, and use it as a weapon against your enemies. God can use your ashes, what's left, and bring forth life in abundance. So it's not just you being blessed, but everyone else around you. So God is the God of what is left in your life. Whatever is left, I don't care what it is, even if it's ashes, God can bring life from what's dead. So there's so much hope in, in Jesus. Yeah? Diana, <laughs> can I just, just take a moment there? Yeah. Um, I went through my diary from 2018 um, and one of the things that God gave me was uh, there's a part, I think it's Elijah or Elisha is sent to a widow's house and all she's got left is a bit of oil and a bit of flour. Right. Yeah. I love that. That's story. it. That's it. And she's like, he's like, feed me. He's like, well, if I do, then I'm going to die because I won't have any food. He's like, no, trust me, feed me. And she uses the little bit of oil and flour that she has left and makes some bread. But because of that faithfulness, God, her flower and her oil never run out and so i wanted for the ladies out there you're signed in because you're broken and drowning and we have all been there in our own way um i want to encourage you one of the things that god gave me that got me through that second by second i don't know if i'm going to make this season is i called it this the, the days of small bread where i knew i didn't have to be concerned or worried about using the tiny bit of flour and oil i had of my capacity my my being and i just gave that to god every day the little bit of oil and flour that i had left at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of, of the jars of myself but every day there was more and more and more and i and i look back and i survived those those couple of months four five six months and and i never ran out so you might feel like you're going to run out you're not going to make it I promise you, you will just every day, or the widow's might, where the widow gave that that tiny little bit of money at the temple. Just give him that the last of what you've got, 
every day, every moment, every second, and you, it, it will never run out. So know that. Love that. Can I just interject something here? Cause that goes along with, I, I wrote, wrote it on my notes. Oh, I'm compelled to challenge the women um, that are here with us today for the next 45 days to do two things every single day. And that is one to express something that you're grateful for some sort of gratitude, even if it's whatever it is, I have water, I'm drinking clean water today. Um, and then the second thing is to remember, recall, think about a miracle that God did in your life or a promise that he gave you and do that every single day for 45 days and watch what starts. It's like what John's saying. It's like you down to the, what do I have? Yeah. Just start with two thoughts, something I'm grateful for and a, and a promise that God has given me or memory of something he's done for me, but do that for the next 45 days. I love the challenge and challenge taken, Carissa, you know, because uh, I've got to practice that in my life as well, because we tend to forget. And if we're not vigilant, if, if we're not keeping our swords sharp, we, yeah. you know, we, we can get out of balance. So I love that. Yes. Be yeah. Thankful. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it because it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. That's rewiring our brain. That's rewiring our brain and creating new synapses that are healthy. Because the trauma that every single woman has gone through here, whether it's it's childhood trauma or whether it's betrayal trauma, betrayal trauma in particular does something um, very unique to the brain. Um, it activates, uh, the science actually shows, it activates the fight or flight system, the amygdala, the warning light that you're in danger, danger. And so that's why you might feel like, I got to fight or I got to flee or you just freeze up that that gets activated. But there's another part that they've just learned about that gets activated in the brain. And it's the part of the brain that organizes all our memories that tells our story. And it's the hippocampus. And and we've written this story that we've made sense of of our lives. And now all of a sudden, out of the blue, we're getting information that doesn't line up with our story. Right. Um, he was what he was where he. He was with who? And that doesn't make sense because we were at this child's birthday or I was with the kids. And, and so we, we get fixated on all that information and it's not a choice. It's a preservation because we need to make sense of our story. The main reason why we need to make sense of our story is because we need to understand the past so we're not fearful of the future. It's survival, ladies. And so if you feel like you're stuck and, you, and your story isn't finished and you feel unsettled and you're losing sleep and you're fixating, like Tiana said, you're with the kids, but you're not even present. That is not your fault. That is actually something that is instinctual and it's survival mode. And so it's completely understandable. So doing an exercise um, like Carissa just shared with us is so powerful because you're saying, no, I'm going to capture the thoughts, capture my thoughts. Like Paul tells us, capture your thoughts. He wouldn't tell us that if it wasn't possible. So how do we do that? That's by positive thinking. It's pen to paper, writing your protea story out. You know, yeah. what is your own protea story? You might not be able to put the pieces all together. You won't. You'll never fully understand the why. Um, am I right, Jean? Even looking back at your story and you share, there's there's still some, why did I have to go through that? Maybe it was postpartum. Maybe it was, you know, to prepare you for the story for From the Ashes so you could build up empathy and compassion for women that have been betrayed. But what are your thoughts, Sean? I, I agree with you. I, I don't think we ever know the fullness of what, what God has done or intended. Um, but what, and again, we can come back down to going, 
I, but I do know uh, there's this amazing guy called Adrian Rogers and he speaks about um, this is amazing quote is we don't necessarily need to understand the fullness of it, but we, what we can know is that um, he says this, not all things are good. Betrayal is bad. Abuse is awful. Cancer is horrible. Death and disease, name what you search in here, whatever it is that you face. But in the chemistry of the cross, God takes those things and uses them for good. And that's all we need to know. We don't need to know necessarily the fullness, if even how he's using it for good or why the details of how things have unfolded. But we can rest in that space and go, he will turn this for good. And not only that, because I know that it's so easy to say that sitting on this side of the journey, but I want you to know that in the chemistry of the cross is the bit where there's acid and stuff that burns and it's really hectic, is he will get you through and use it for good. And let's not forget that part. Because you know what? I We have to survive the trauma and we have to survive the journey. So the refining fire is a fire. It burns. When God galvanizes things in us, it's usually incredibly painful. But he gets us through and he uses it for good. And I also want to say something. This is really important. Thank you, Christina. Is another thing about Proteas is there's often a gap between the germination event, so the fire, and the... Oh no, the germination cue, which is the fire or the actually ashes play a big part because the ashes themselves cause, cause germination. It's all very beautiful. But the a gap between the germination uh, cue and the germination event, which means the fire that brings all the stuff out. But then when the protea actually blossoms can be up to 50 years later, guys, when the conditions are right. Wow. So what can happen is we could have a felt fire now. There's a massive... Uh, field there full of fengos but it's and then the, the shells cracked open and the minerals get in but you know what god knows that the moment isn't correct and let's just say 50 years later six months later the right rainfall and the right conditions arise and that pretty has germinated at the in the right season so like with this opportunity that we'll unpack maybe if we have the opportunity is a year later a year later something came across my path with Tiana and Chris and Jeremy. And so there was a year's gap that it happened when the season was right. So there might be things happening in your life right now that you don't understand. You don't step out of it and go, well, that was why. You might find in 50 years time, your grandchild goes through something and you go, wow, I'm equipped for this. I can handle this. Yes. So hang in there. Yes. Just to piggyback off of that. I think one of the, a beautiful thing that can happen is when we, you know, we accept this challenge that I'm not going to be a victim of this. You know, I'm going to allow God to use it. You, it, That's your choice. Are you going to stay a victim or are you going to say, no, I'm coming through this. I'm coming out of it. I don't have all the tools. I don't have all the answers, but I'm hunkering down and I'm not going to become a victim of it. And you will move through your healing at a faster rate. Yes. And I want to piggyback on that as well. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Go. I'm going to piggy. We're going to just keep piggyback riding on each other. You can piggyback. You're tiny. You don't weigh much. <laughs> All right. So before I forget it, trauma brain. I'm kidding. X trauma brain and COVID brain. <laughs> no, that's really bad. Um, there are certain things we can do so that we, we are not victims. One thing, Jean, that you mentioned about is identity. 
really understanding who we are in Christ, because we, we can't rely on our own identity. Our identity has to be rooted in him. And God is going to show you exactly how to get there, because it took me a while to really understand it, not just with my head, but with my heart, with my limbic brain. But I think as you go through this process, and I know, Christina, you have a lot of information on this, uh, it, it's really important to be in a community. That's one thing that's super, super important. And I'll, I'll let you talk about that more later, Christina. You know, remind me if I forget to talk about it, but we have community here in Soul Refiner. That's one thing that we really focus on because we know that you can't do this journey alone. You need your sisters. You need to be in a healthy and strong community, not just something random out there and not in a bad community that, you know, where you're in a you're just uh, having a puke fest in your meetings. So that's not what you want. You, you want um, God's word to be in the center of it. So the other thing is um, medications. Okay, this is kind of controversial here because I know that some people, especially Christians, you know, you're like, ah, I can't take meds. That's just, uh, you know, there's a stigma there or there's fear that if you do take meds, that's going to be on record forever. What that's going to do uh, if... Uh, you know, your marriage dissolves or whatever is going to be on the records, but that's going to happen. Um, but sometimes, um, and this is just my personal opinion, so take it with a grain of salt. I think if you really are at a place where you're suicidal, where you, the, the thoughts are just, uh, you know, your anxiety is just um, making you, disabling you from functioning right, then taking meds is actually okay. You know, that's my personal opinion. I just want to... Just to, to give some clarification so somebody can understand, because I yeah. was in the same position of, oh, no, if you're a Christian, you don't need medication. You don't, you know, God's given us everything we need to overcome. Um, this is how I look at it. If you went to, if your liver was diseased and you went to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, if you want to save your liver, we can fix this. This isn't going to be a problem, but you need to take these med medications. They'll help balance it out. You won't be on the medicines forever. It just needs to be balanced. Whatever the organ is, your brain is an organ and it's not always operating. It's in, sometimes it gets imbalanced. Chemicals are shooting up. That doesn't mean meds are forever and that you have to be, you know, I'm, I'm dependent on this. For, sometimes it's a season, but don't let anyone shame you to think you know, your brain is an organ. You're going to need to do whatever you need to do to make it heal. Look at it that way. Yeah. Can I just jump in here? I'm, I'm very lucky. I had a dad who was a doctor. And before I went through this, my sister had her own journey with this. And he, as a medical professional, explained to her, like you said, Carissa, your body's and your brain's an organ. So if you have heartburn, your body's overproducing acid. And you would take uh, anti-antacid to bring the acid down. And it's as complicated as heartburn. When your brain overproduces cortisol and adrenaline, like with anxiety, or underproduces dopamine or serotonin with depression, it's as simple as heartburn. As, as much as one would take an antihistamine to deal with, I mean, antiacid to deal with heartburn, mm -hmm. or low blood pressure, you would take blood pressure medication. This, it's literally as physical as that. You could take, and look at some people are really cautious about taking synthetic medicine they are natural op options so we're not trying to preach medicine here but mm -hmm. the stigma surrounding medication it's mind the pun it's a no-brainer for me if you'll take antacid for acid for heartburn understand that it's as as complicated as that for what happens in our brain 
it manifests through our emotions and our thoughts, which makes it very complicated, but it's actually not more, more than that. Right. Exactly. I love that. And I, I just one word of caution though, don't self-medicate. That is so, right. so dangerous mm-hmm. to borrow your friend's prescription or to try to figure out your own dose. Right. See this whole journey, Satan's going to work on isolating you. Mm-hmm. He loves to isolate. Uh, he doesn't want animals together in a healthy pack. He wants to isolate and get one off to the side so they're easy to pounce and prey on. And, and so don't isolate yourself. And that means with your recovery and your health as well, you need to be talking to someone if you're taking medication, antidepressants, anti-anxiety pills. They need to be monitoring you because they're going to see things that you don't see in yourself. You are going to be so blind right now to your own shortcomings, um, your own weaknesses, your own sufferings, your own because you're in survival mode. You really are. And so some things that you would normally see about yourself, you're not going to see. So you need someone that is not in the storm, an objective third person, you know, another person being able to look in and just say, Hey, 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 we need to do this or that. So don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. And also just a quick, a quick, I know we need to move on to other things, but <clears throat> some people go, well, you should just have faith. You know, you should just trust God to heal. And he does. I remember somebody once speaking at a conference for all those who would say you shouldn't take, you know, natural or chemical antidepressants or something. If you say you could be healed by faith and I challenge everybody here, it was a nighttime conference. Then those of you wearing glasses, leave your glasses at the door, please. (laughs) And drive home without your glasses because you should have faith to get home without getting into an accident. Amen. And it's, it's the same argument. Um, but like, like you said, you need to be journeying with professional. If it's something that you have to do, not everybody needs to go on medication, but if you do need to, thank you, God, for doctors and naturopaths and people that have invented things that help us. It's amazing. Absolutely. And that's the thing. You can't, again, can't do the journey alone, can't self-medicate. You, you can't, you don't have the answers. Jesus does, your community does. And that's why it's important to be in a community, to have a really good counselor, a Christian counselor, a mentor, something, somebody, okay? Even if it's just one friend, that one friend is really important to you. Um, I know our, our time is short here. We're gonna wrap up soon. Uh, and, and and before we do, I just, Christina, I want you to talk about the, the community that we have here in Soul Refiner because, uh, you know, you're, you're putting together a Stronger Together group uh, that's, that's coming up soon. But we also have From the Ashes, which is, gonna happen later this year but in the meantime we have this we have the sanctuary we are community here and we respond to you ladies but anyway christina why don't you talk about what we offer here in terms of absolutely last month if you joined us we had dr doug wise with us and he taught us all about intimacy anorexia and intimacy anorexia is when either one or both um, people in a couple um, actively withhold either sexual physical emotional Uh, intimacy. And it's very painful. It's very traumatizing. And it's destroying millions of marriages all throughout the world. And Christian marriages are not an exception. So we had just an incredible response after that webinar. And if you didn't see it, I encourage you to go to our uh, Facebook uh, page, Soul Refiner Facebook page, and you can catch it there. And Doug Wise just does an amazing job walking us through what it is. But we learned what it is, but then what's the next step after that? So what we did is we're creating a couples group and it's kind of like a lunch date. And we're starting in March, March 24th on Thursdays. And it's going to be every Thursday for six weeks. And we're going to get together virtually. We're going to bring couples together and we're going to walk through the program 
uh, that Kingdom Works has produced called um, Stronger Together. And we're going to do it together because in community, you have accountability and you have iron sharpening iron. And it's just, it's just an amazing place to, to be able to cry together, laugh together, encourage one another. And this is going to be fun. It's going to be lighthearted. Yes, we're going to get real in moments, but it's going to be fun. We're going to be doing some really incredible intimacy building exercises. And husband and wives are going to come together and we're going to break up into small groups and just do some fun things. So I encourage you to check that out if, if that sounds like something uh, that you may have been impacted by or currently fighting. Um, sign up, reach out to me. You'll be getting an email following this webinar and there'll be a survey there. And my email address is there. And the other community, we're going to be meeting again right here in the sanctuary. We're going to be meeting next month, ladies. Second Friday of every month, put it on your calendar, 10 a.m. This is a hot date. So set aside, you know, put a movie in for the kiddos or ask for your early lunch break or uh, you know, just uh, be intentional with your own recovery and come join us. We're going to be talking about triggers and more about what triggers do to the brain and how we can uh, deal with those triggers. When everything triggers us, what can we do in those moments when we just want to, you know, just we just want to explode on our husbands. And I'm sure we've all been there. We just want to cry and fall in a puddle of mess and goo. And what do we do? What do we do when everything is triggering us? So come back next month too for that community. That'll be very special too. Yeah. And then we have a Protea journey. Krissa, we have a challenge for everyone. You're the challenge queen. So give us <laughs> another challenge. Go over that first one. So I saw a couple of people asking about it. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah just share that. One more time sure. and then tack on that third challenge we have for him. Yeah. And I just want to, going back to something that Jean had said, and, and I experienced the same thing in my journey with trauma and PTSD and depression. And, and it was, I couldn't think about what the world was doing around me. I couldn't think about, I can't hear God's voice. I don't know what to do, but I kept, the only thing that I heard was who am I and who are you? Who am I in Christ? And, and what, what God was doing in that is that recalling the memories and the promises of God and re, and reminding ourselves of who he is. He basically is, he used his own medicine of cellular disruption to heal our minds. He was uh, uh, disrupting our cellular, that cellular manifestation of trauma and disrupting that and remind, mm -hmm. remind us, remind yourself of who I am. The promises. So I wanted to use that, what the Lord was speaking to me as John was speaking to give um, the ladies a challenge. So it's 45 days and you're going to list, write it down. Look, I have, I still deal with trauma brain. I have to write, I've got papers upon papers. I have to write things down. So <laughs> resources, write it down, write it down and speak it out loud. Even if you're in your, by yourself in a room, write it down and speak it for 45 days. One thing that you are grateful for and one thing that God has done in your life, a memory of something he's done significant or what seems insignificant or a promise that he's given you go back in your history and just look at all the places where he was and keep a journal of that for the next 45 days. I love that. I love that. And then the, the extra challenge ladies is we have, you have a protea story and we want to hear it. And there's something to be said about, uh, using your pain. I, I love how you say that, Tiana. I mean, we're recycling our pain here and, and it's going to be pain with a purpose. And if you share your protea story, it might help someone who's in the initial stages or really stuck. You don't know how God can use it. So we're tired of people just sweeping stories under the rug. 
I, I believe that we should be bold with our stories. And even right now, if you're in the middle of it, oh, I couldn't get on and share it face to face, write it down. Start writing your protea story. It doesn't have to have a beginning, middle, and end. Just start writing. And if the Lord compels you to share it with us, share it with us. And we might be able to put it on a blog or put it together and, and make a book. Um, but let's let's recycle our pain, ladies. Let's not let's not let Satan win anymore. Let's speed up that Romans, Romans chapter and bring everything to his glory. Yeah. I love this so much, uh, Christina, because that's right. We, we all are Proteas in a sense, right? Yes. We're all Proteas in the making. Jean, look what you started here, Protea lady. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is you. Uh, and I, because God is so good, okay? I, I, my story was I was in isolation, but God blessed me with friends and sisters when I needed it the most and in the most unlikely places. But I stayed with Jesus. I walked with him and he brought such amazing women into my life. I wouldn't be here today without my sisters. And I, I you know, that's why this, this journey again, you, you need a friend, you need a community. But I want to tell you something really interesting about our journey here with, with Jean, okay? Because I, 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 wanna, I want you to see how God's fingers are on your lives as he was on our lives, okay? So when I was writing the script for From the Ashes, the Lord gave me a scene, uh, and in the scene, uh, Emma was talking to her daughter, um, Riley, her little child, and it's kind of like a dream sequence, and, and her daughter is showing her this, this flower that's growing from the ashes in, in a little crack in the ground. But, and then she's telling her mom that, that this, this flower, um, it's, it's, it's the fire that makes it grow. Fire makes it grow, it's a fire flower. And I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what this is. Is it a lily? Like a lily of the field? I don't know. But the Lord told me it has, it, this flower had something to do with fire. It's a fire flower. Okay, fire flower, whatever. Okay, I'm writing it. So I'm writing the script. Okay. And then uh, I didn't know that a year later, we would meet Jean. So this is how funny it is. Jean, you don't know this. I don't think you know this, but we couldn't find our, our lead character. Emma. We couldn't. We went through a lot of auditions and we just couldn't find her. And one day, Jeremy and I were on the computer and I just heard in my head, Faith Like Potatoes. Faith Like Potatoes. I mean, I've, I have not seen this movie in like a decade. I was like, Faith Like Potatoes. Okay. So I type in Faith Like Potatoes and there you were. I was like, this is interesting. Who's Jean? Okay. And that's how I, you know. <laughs> and, but Carissa, by the way, is the most amazing casting director. She found so many amazing people. This one was really unique because um, Carissa auditioned you. I wasn't there. It was uh, her and Jeremy. And during the audition, uh, you know, you didn't even read the script yet, right, Jean? No. No, you didn't read the script. So th they were auditioning her. And, uh, and what, what happened, Carissa, there? Jean showed her necklace to you guys? Yeah. I think, yeah. She was talking about her necklace. Yeah, to talk. yeah. I'll let Jean yeah, take it. Yeah, um, I'd read the brief. I was sent the brief, which just blew me away because I had just lived this, literally lived the story of this character, Emma. And it was one of those God moments where you just literally get these fish and you go, wow, this is, this is something I've just lived through. And, and so I chatted with Carissa Caris and, and Jeremy and I was just talking about what I'd just been through and the postpartum depression. And I said, you know, this is why I wear this, this necklace around my neck. This is a flower called a protea and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, germinates to fire. And I remember Carissa and Jeremy, who were this, these kind of odd American people I didn't know. <laughs> 
I saw them kind of turn to look at each other and look at me and go, what did you just say? And I was like, what did I just say? And I was like, well, this is what this is. This is what it happens. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and I had no idea that this was a theme in the film at all. Oh, uh, it is. Again, just a sense of God stepping in and just bringing people together. Yep. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. He's so beautiful that way. He's just so wonderful and how he... <laughs> He's just got his fingerprints on everything, right? On our stories. And that's why I, I do encourage you to do as Christine has challenged you to write your Protea story. And even if you don't share it, write it, get it out, get it out of you. And maybe someday you, you, you can share it with a friend, but share it with us, you know? And, and let's, let's be a community of women who share our stories, our Protea stories with each other. That's how we grow. That's how we inspire each other because the Holy, the Holy Spirit in you can, can, um, you know, um, oh gosh, again, post-trauma brain, uh, forgot my trail of thought. Someone walked through the door and I, I got distracted. Girl. <laughs> um, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. Don't you hate that? <laughs> oh, good, sweetie. <laughs> no, it's, it's beautiful. No, please, by all means, like she said, just write your story down. Um, just don't let uh, your story, your story doesn't define you. It doesn't. If anything, it's going to refine you. And it's going to just make, turn you into just something so beautiful. You will be on this side. I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but you are going to be on this side where Carissa is, where Tiana is, where Jean is, where I am. I know you want to fast forward, find that fast forward button in the sky. I, I was there. You just want to just get through it so, so quickly. But in our lowest moments, that's where we get to experience God's strength. So we all just want to encourage you to just press into him. Let this be a season of just really courting Jesus. Just pour into him. Open up your word. Just let it lather, be medicine to your soul. And, and just, just bask in his comfort and glory. Because I believe, and you'll hear me say this time and time again, the challenge for every single one of us is, is he going to be enough for us? And that's what I think all, every struggle we go through, is he going to be enough for us? So we're just going to challenge you with that. And we want to pray over you before we close out. We've had some beautiful women sharing um, some of their, their emotions. And I saw some very strong emotions. So, um, Jean, I want to thank you, first of all, before we close out, just for your time. And with the time difference, you're probably getting exhausted by now, ready for that glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any last minute words, Jean, before we close out? I just, I just want to, I know we need to close out now, but I just wanted to, to quickly read these words over you from a new wine. It's a song from Hillsong, just quickly, because this is a song I hang on to, and it might be a song you guys want to listen to when you're going through what you're going through. It was so profound. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So I yield to you into your careful hand when i trust you i don't need to understand so make me your vessel make me your offering make me whatever you want me to be i came here with nothing but all you have given me jesus bring new wine out of me because where there is new wine there is new power there is new freedom and the kingdom is here i lay down my old flames to carry your new fire today in jesus name John, will you I pray for that. the ladies? I'd love to. I would love for you to pray over these ladies. I'd love to. 
Jesus, I love the fact that you knew exactly who would be logging in now at this moment and women who are going to be watching this at some other point in time, that before the beginning of the world, you knew our names, you knew what we'd be wearing, you knew the space we would be in and the fact that our, our stories are crossing right now and we are sharing this time with each other and we are in the presence together with you is something that you have known. And it is in itself, you saying, I have you. I have you on a journey. I am bringing life into your life. And so we give you these words that have been shared. We give you these truths that have been unpacked. We give you this, everything that has happened. And we pray, God, that you would take these seeds and that you would nurture them and nourish them and bring life out of them. I pray that you would take every single sister by the hand, that you would hold her heart, that in your you would cover her with your grace, Lord, and you would take her, all of us and all these women that have, are watching this, that you would carry them tenderly and, 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 and in, in an embrace through the flames that they're walking through and that they would come to know you in such a way that for the rest of their lives, they would live in such a, a profound understanding of who they are and who you are and that for the rest of their lives, Lord, the beauty and the power and the life that would flow from the story they're living through would far outweigh the pain that they're experiencing because that is who you are and that is what you do. And we declare your name over this, Lord, and we just release every single story to you. You are the author and the perfecter of who we, who we are. And we just surrender ourselves to you and we thank you for this opportunity to meet together. In your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jean. It was so nice having you here, Jean. It was so nice having you here, ladies. Sean, do you mind mentioning the name of that song one more time? Um, it's New Wine by Hillsong. By Hillsong. Okay, because yeah. someone asked about that. And, uh, and by the way, ladies, if you want to watch this video or share it, we encourage you to do that, please, to share it with your friends. Uh, go to Soul Refiner's um, Facebook page page, which is Soul Refiner. And if you want to learn more about our movie, From the Ashes, then you can also find it on Facebook. It's From the Ashes, the movie. From the Ashes, the movie. So we hope to see you again next um, next month. That's when again, Christina, April. Oh, goodness. April 10th. Is that correct? Is that the second Friday, ladies? April 8th. April, oh, that's my birthday. April 8th. <laughs> is that it? The second Friday? Perfect. Very exciting. Hey. Okay. All right, ladies. Love you. Have Bye a wonderful, blessed you. day. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Jean. Love you. Love you too. Bye.